if Luka Doncic were to be available, you don't get stingy. And Sunday proved it. It's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, how are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked On Jazz. Today, the rumors circulating that the Jazz have kept a keen interest on Luka Doncic. We'll discuss it and why you just don't get stingy at all. And Jason Tatum proved it to us on Sunday. We'll talk about Lowry marketing getting snubbed, which we have not touched on because I think there's some interesting things about how the vote went down. But before that, Tuesday is lottery day, and we will look at where the NBA draft boards sit as we head toward the lottery and get zeroed in on our draft positions. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen each and every day, and to the everydayers out there, I thank you, I appreciate you, and glad you take advantage of the show every single day. We try to make it so you become a better jazz fan throughout it. We're free, we're available on all podcasting apps, as well as on YouTube, so hit subscribe, follow, and on YouTube, hit the bell button. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks first-time users receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I appreciate all of you who told me to go buy the Ionic 6 in the comments section yesterday, the other day. Appreciate it. Everydayers, give yourself a Monday shout out on YouTube. All right. There's been a lot of talk about Luca. I haven't really gotten involved. Today's show is almost like the items that I haven't touched on in a, in a bit. Um, there's just, Luca is the rumor thing that's going on right now. Um, and I think the way it was phrased in a national report is the Jazz are keeping a very interested eye. Of course they are. So let me get the first thing out here. One, I don't think Luca's available. In fact, if I'm Dallas, I don't care what Luca tells me he wants to do. I don't care what Luca says he might do. I'm not trading Luca until, like, I'm not trading Luca. Actually, under any circumstance. Like, I would probably force Luca to leave in free agency. Um, and we saw why on Sunday. Jason Tatum's monstrous, remarkable, incredible, on the floor where legends have been made performance, finishing with 51 on 28 shot attempts on 6 of 10. That's what wins. LeBron's third quarter against the Warriors the other night when he just simply took over the game and dominated. That's what wins. Miami-New York series, a bit different because New York wasn't very good. Didn't happen. And if you go back to why the Jazz traded Rudy Gobert, because he can't do that. And I think if the Jazz had their preference, they might not have traded Donovan Mitchell because he might be able to do that. Right? That's to win, you have to have that. The Warriors have lost because Klay Thompson isn't really able to do it anymore, right? Like, I mean, the truth of the matter is Anthony Davis has done it too defensively. 20 rebounds, 17 points the other night, only nine shot attempts because LeBron was doing what LeBron did with a 38-year-old 39-9. and 
But the, you know, like we've there's about six guys that can do it, right? So Nicole Nicole Jokic, Joel Embiid, he can. Giannis is a great question. Like his will, his tenacity, his effort, his pizzazz, his open court play. But half court, it gets ugly. Luka. LeBron does spurts. Like I, that's why I keep saying he did in the third quarter the other night. Steph can do it. The problem with the Warriors is Clay can't do what Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell can do. Uh, and Jamal Murray can kind of do it for a little while as Nikola Jokic is, but Jokic is the one doing it. Durant, Booker. Like, these are the special guys that still exist in this league. There's like eight, nine, nine of them, maybe? Eight. I mean, that's what makes the league incredible right now. And so if a guy, if one of them's available, you, like I was on with DJ and PK and they were like, well, I mean, how do you hold this? Or, you, you don't hold anything. Like, I mean, I don't want to like be sitting here saying like, well, actually, I mean, I don't want to like, like as a jazz, like fan and jazz supporter say like, oh, we should just give up every single one of our picks, but like pretty close. Well, should you, oh, I don't want to give up Lowry. No, no, no. Like you actually, no, 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 no. Like you give up Lowry. Like what? I don't want to give up. No, I don't either want to give up Lowry, but Lowry can't do that. Right. And in turn, obviously, if you give up Lowry, you're probably giving up a few less picks. But if you have a chance under any circumstance to go get a guy like that, and Luca's not perfect, right? He's not getting back on defense. He is, is, is he doesn't run when he's on the floor. His, trans, his individual defense is horrendous. It doesn't matter. Like, this is one of those guys. You go two years ago through the pick and roll numbers in the top 10, there were three guys as ball handlers who were, who had three other part or one guy who had three other partners in the top 10. That's Luca. If you go last year to the guys who ran the 60 most pick and rolls, so two on every team, guys who ran a thousand pick and rolls last year, there's 60 of them. The number one guy in the NBA is Luka. It's it's not that close. Dame's kind of there. Steph, Donovan, Kyrie. Luka's number one. Luka's number one. Go to isolation. Luka's number one. Probably go to Luka's number one. Like, he's the greatest singular offensive player in the game. Jokic does enough that maybe you could make that argument. But just with the ball in your hands as a ball handler, Luka. Luca, no, no one's better. Dame Lillard was second this last year, which is an interesting like note that he was that good at this age. Makes you wonder. That dollar figure is massive. So, on this conversation about Luca, which again I'll state, I just yeah, the Jazz are keeping a keen eye. Of course they are. He's one of them. There's like a very few, it's like the Supreme Court justices. There's like nine of them. And of course the Jazz are keeping a keen eye on it. And then to the, to the next point of it is, like people are asking, like, well, what do you offer? You know what you offer? Enough they think about it. And then you know what you offer? One more. Enough so that they're like, oh God, we have to do it. Like it's a little bit, and obviously, this is a bad example because he's not Luca, but I do think Danny was probably ready to trade Rudy anyway and, and turn this thing over. 
But what Minnesota offered for Rudy Gobert, it would have been criminal if Danny didn't take it. You kind of have to get to that point on a Luka. You have to get to the point where you make it criminal for Dennis Lindsay or whomever it is that's making the decisions over there to not take it. Now, the little I know about Dennis Lindsay's personality from his time in Salt Lake, I also don't think he's the type who would ever trade Luka. Ever. Under any circumstance. Ever. There's just zero chance of it. Even if he had the killer package. I'm just not sure that's the kind of deal if he's... It's unclear who's running the show, if Harrison's still running the show there, or if Lindsay's running the show. <coughs> but now that Dennis is in Dallas. But anyway, on Luca, all of it. I mean, as much as you can, and then more. Because he's one of the guys. And they're just... That's how you win. Jason Tatum proved it Sunday. He was unbelievable. We'll talk about the where the NBA draft board sits as we move toward Lottery Tuesday. Oh, gosh, every lucky charm you possibly have better be out tomorrow. Today's edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by my friends over at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also located in Linden. Or, no, excuse me, in Logan. Uh, Murdoch Chevy, uh, great deals going on right now. 1.9% APR plus $4,000 back on... Uh, any of your trucks uh, that are out there right now, the Chevy trucks are the Silverado and the Colorado, and they're the best that are out there. They've got a great appreciation going on for all those who have served. Uh, $500 cash back on most models, uh, 25% off your Sirius XM subscription. So lots of super deals. The Bolt, uh, you're up to $7,500 of clean vehicle federal tax credit right now on that. So lots of different deals going on at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, right off the freeway as well as uh, available for you in Logan. If you're going to stop by, do email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. Let's give you the lockdown VIP experience you every day deserve. And you look at those Google reviews. Amazing. The staff was the best to work with. This is from this weekend. Uh, Mr. Arturo is very kind. The best is really kind and attentive. Uh, I purchased my dream car. I couldn't be happier. The experience we had was great. Not what you'd expect at a typical dealership. The staff was friendly, not pushy at all, and they made us very happy. It's all at Murdoch Chevy in Bountiful. Email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com so that we can give you that VIP experience. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks, where the 100% deposit match still exists for you. If you haven't jumped aboard and aren't having fun with Prize Picks, yes, now is the time to do it. You deposit $100 with the promo code locked on. Your first time user, you get $100 back. Plus, every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one Prize Picks user will win a challenge to become a millionaire. Here's how it works. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern, that's so you're good on that, will randomly be selected each day. Whoever's placed that whoever placed that entry is then given a six pick flex. Six p- picks right, million. Five, eighty thousand, four, sixteen thousand. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at the link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. That's prizepicks.com slash million. It's your daily fantasy answer, not competing against other people. Great deal of fun. Get it done now at prizepicks. Download the prizepicks app or go to prizepicks.com. First time users, a hundred dollars pin. Instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKED ON. 
Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Tomorrow we're going to do something fun. We've done this in the past. We're going to get all of the lottery teams in one kind of hangout YouTube. It'll start at 6 Eastern, uh, or 6 Mountain when the lottery's going on. I think it's a 6... I think it's 6 o'clock our time. Is it 6 o'clock Eastern? I'll have to check. Um, that would be really inconvenient because my daughter has her state tournament. Um, I think it's um, NBA lottery. David checks nervously. Um, hmm, great. Nothing just popped up that said time. Um, I will have that. I should have that for you. I am, But I clearly just have... Uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. 6 o'clock. Good. That's perfect. Uh, glad that doesn't screw up my life the way I thought it did for a second. Um, anyway, little, little insight there. You find out about the Ionic six, you find out about like little insights. Okay. Um, so we'll do a fun thing. We'll do a YouTube on locked on NBA and we're all hanging out together, talking trash, having fun. As the names go, we get voted off survivor Island. Hopefully, hopefully when the lottery comes up and it gets to the 10th pick, we do not hear the jazz name. Unless you want to go to 10 just to screw the Mavericks. Um, I haven't really figured out what everyone's feeling on that is. I'll explain that in a second. Then when we get to nine, you hope to not hear the Jazz name. You actually, there's two, here's how you watch a lot. We'll talk about this tomorrow a little bit, the primer. The first thing is you actually don't want any weird names to start at first. Um, we'll do it that way tomorrow. On our, We'll do our lottery uh, that way uh, for you. Uh, and then if you get no weird names, that's increasing our chances every single time. And then your chances are actually, by the time you get to nine, you, if you haven't heard, if nothing weird's happened, your chances are actually increased now because you know that information that you might be in the top four. And so then once you, but once you get to nine, then you don't want, if you don't hear the jazz at nine or 10, you just start dancing around, partying, going crazy, screaming and yelling. And then, then you wonder, like, then you get greedy. Then you're wondering like, okay, top four is not good enough. I want one. I want Victor. Here's where the NBA draft board sits right now, according to, uh, let's start with Kevin O'Connor at the ringer, and then we'll go to Rafael Barlow. So Victor's one, Brandon Miller's two, Scoot Henderson's three, Amon Thompson is four. That seems to be kind of the universal. This is where then things begin to change. As Sewer Thompson is five, according to Kevin O'Connor. But on the board by Rafael Barlow of Locked on NBA Big Board, he drops uh, Gigi Jackson at five, which is a big surprise. And then Leaf Tulin, who will be filling in for Locked on Jazz coming up here next week. A great draft expert has, does his, even has some other differences. Six for, this is, things are really different depending on the board. Kevin O'Connor then has um, Anthony Black at six. Uh, Juras, why can I not say that this morning? Walker out of Houston. I can't say it this morning. Absolutely have zero chance right now. Uh, Seven. Taylor Hendricks at 8, Cam Whitmore at 9, and Cason Wallace at 10. Whereas Rafael Barlow has Cam Whitmore at 6. Then he has a Sewer Thompson at 7, who is seemingly slipping a little bit. There was even a mock the other day that had him at 9 to the Jazz. Cason Wallace at 8, Anthony Black at 9, and Jerice Walker, there we go, at 10. So it's the same 10 on both boards, just in different orders. Then... Kevin O'Connor has Grady Dick at 11, except for Gigi Jackson for uh, Raphael's different. Grady Dick at 11, Keontae George at 12, Nick Smith at 13, Ryan Rupert at 14, and then Derek Lively at 15. Raphael has Grady Dick at 11, Taylor Hendricks at 12, who was up higher on O'Connor's board in his top 10. Um, 
Nick Smith at 13, Kobe Bufkin at 14, who's kind of floating into some spots, and Jordan Hawkins. So you're beating, there's where you're beginning to get some real kind of disagreement on things. And then there's the Jonathan Giovoni um, mock draft, which often is greatly influenced by um, whether or not that draft is often, and it was, and this goes back to the Chad Ford days. This that draft mock draft, and he hasn't updated his since April twelfth, is often built based on where front offices have players going. Sometimes what you're getting out of Kevin O'Connor um, or at least Rafael Barlow is where what they believe, right? So you're getting um, some more kind of play from those guys in regards to what they believe and where they think. So Gigi Jackson's a player that Rafael Barlow just really, really believes in, thinks he should be fifth It's fifth on his big board of talent, whereas I think a lot of these others are where do they think um, the draft is going to go to. So um, the latest pieces from the NBA draft analysis on ESPN do not have, have not had a mock draft in quite some time. Jeremy Wu's doing some nice work over there, which is nice to see. He was over at Sports Illustrated, done a lot of lockdown work over the years. Um, and is is there for us. And they've done a lot of things on like who to watch at various events and things of that nature, but they have not mocked it out for a while. So we don't have that. The latest mock draft was 33 days ago. So any kind of recent movement wouldn't really be something um, that you have in there. And this, but they're, it, but it's a tone setter. So it's the same. It's, it's Amon Thompson four. Then they have Jerice Walker at five, which again, that was 30 some odd days ago. Um, it might be true. Uh, Asur Thompson at six, Cam Whitmore at seven, Anthony Black at eight, Grady Dick at nine, Taylor Hendricks at 10 with Hawkins, Smith, Keontae, George, Cason Wallace all the way down at 14. I think Cason Wallace has added up in the last 30 days um, on that. So that's where the draft boards sit here. From a jazz standpoint, obviously, the, your choices are nine or 10. It does feel as though that matters a little bit. Like talking to people around the draft, I haven't watched all nine players yet to know. Um, there does feel like that nine or ten might matter a little bit. That being nine just gives you a better chance to get one of the better players. Tony Jones, I know, believes, and we're going to take the show um, for, I guess, tomorrow. We'll have Tony Jones on the show pre-lottery talking draft um, on the show tomorrow for you. It's probably the best way to do it because um, he and I are going to tape a show tonight. And... Uh, talk a little bit about that and where he sees the jazz going and all this kind of stuff. So that'll be on tomorrow's show uh, with Tony. But the also, the other aspect I would say to that is I think, um, you know, Tony believes it's a nine player draft. Like he thinks that that's really just a huge difference. I, I don't know enough um, to be able to, to step on that. All right. Lowry marketing got snubbed. We've never really, I didn't get into, I mean, he's better than Julius Randall. It was just silly. Um, it wasn't surprising. Um, but it was silly. It's too bad. It costs Lowry a bunch of money. Um, hurts the Jazz chances of re-signing him because he can't supermax him. I don't know if you really want to supermax Lowry, but I'd, I'd like to do anything I can to keep Lowry, so I'm up for it. Um, but I wanted to dig in a little bit on kind of some interesting like numbers about the vote or just kind of the vote. I, I, I went and did a bunch of stuff digging into the vote, and it, I actually, got to be honest, I didn't find what I thought I was going to find. I'll explain that to you as we continue today on Locked on Jazz. 
Thank you so much to all the Locked On Jazz listeners that make this your first listen every single day, and a special thanks to all the everydayers. All right, here's how the week lines up. Tuesday, Tony Jones. Lottery Party, Tuesday night on YouTube at 6. Wednesday show for you will be Lottery Reaction. And then I'm going to try to get into breaking down players for you. I've not done as much of that as I should. It takes so much time to like have watched a player and then come out with any type of definitive statement about him. I don't want to like come out and then be like, ah, you know, um, and then change my mind on it. All right, here's what I thought was interesting on the Lowry being snubbed. The easy answer is that Julius Randle is a New Yorker all the East Coast New Yorkers voted for him, and that's why Lowry got snubbed. I mean, if you go to the smart guys, so Kevin Pelton's third team, and and, and really what it is is that you're going to get, Lowry's going to get third team votes. Kevin Pelton, who, like, numbers, analytical, actually has them both. Super interesting. Like, Kevin Pelton is one of the only people that had both Lowry Markkinen and Julius Randle on their ballot. There were a few others. Uh, that did that, but they're they're very very few. One of the others that had that um, was Chris Mannix out of Sports Illustrated, who's an East Coast um, guy. He's out of Boston, but he would have fit the East Coast bias. Another one that had the Lowry Market and Julius Randall uh, match was uh, a Detroit Free Press writer, and then um, there were some that just didn't have either of them, and also. You know, Mikel Bridges began to get some votes. But what I did find that was not the case, um, and then Justin Tremaine of Sirius Radio, who's another New Yorker, had both of them. You, you, I thought you'd go down through this and you'd be like, get to someone like Stefan Bondi, New York Daily Times, and be like, all right, well, he's going to have Julius Randle and not Lowry Markkinen, and he had Jimmy Butler and Anthony Davis. And he didn't have either. And... Then I kind of scan down. It's like, all right, well, who's my next East Coast guy that I, you know, I'm fully looking, searching for the East Coast bias here. Like, I mean, that was clearly, clearly what I was looking for. And you know what I found out is I, I didn't, um, what I didn't, what I didn't find was a whole lot of what I expected. What I actually found was that most of the New Yorkers didn't vote for either of them. And that it was a lot of the other like kind of the mid-level guys who, now like Stephen A. Smith, who is a huge Knicks fan, we all know, we have to see it. He didn't vote for Julius Randle. First, third team. He voted for him, second team! Okay, sorry, that was just ridiculous. But that's, it was an interesting little kind of find for me that when you look through this to see who these guys were, it, that what I didn't find... This incredible East Coast bias. What I found was Julius just got more votes. I think it's wrong. Like, I'm not... But I was trying to find out the origins of it rather than just like... I mean, I can make the case for you, but I'm preaching to the choir here of like who deserves these things and who doesn't. And certainly, you know, if you go grab West Coast voters, they had a tendency to um, vote more for uh, Lowry Mark and the East Coast voters. But it wasn't this like total East... In fact, it was the guys who saw Julius Randle the most who I actually think might have left him off. I mean, and, and the voting thing's super interesting. You learn an awful lot about, like, who people are, and you can get really critical with them about various things and that and these and those. Like, I mean, Brian Windhorst had Donovan Mitchell third team. Like, and he's, like, 
in Cleveland, like, or is a Cleveland guy. He actually lives out in kind of, he might live in like Lincoln, Nebraska or something like that at this point. So it was super interesting. Kevin O'Connor, who is a West Coast guy now for the ringer, national writer, but with East Coast ties, had Julius Randle um, and uh, Jalen Brunson on both on his, I think, first and second teams. But he had, he was a Julius Randle guy, but he, he lives in the West Coast now. Um, so it was just super interesting. Like I didn't, it wasn't how, I mean, the whole, you know, this is the least of people's concerns on this vote is, you know, Julius Randle versus Lowry Markin. And you didn't see a lot of people across the country getting into this big debate. This is definitely a Utah thing, but it's interesting. Like Dave McMenamin, who does ESPN Lakers coverage, didn't have either. Rob Mahoney, who I put on my elite smart people writes for the ringer in the league. I think he's probably one of the best writers. He's kind of a, he writes, you must read. He had Julius Randall and not Lowry Markin. And he's a West coast guy. So super interesting to me that, you know, I heard a lot. Oh, it's East coast bias. It's not actually like, it's not the East coast bias. It was Chris Herring. Sports Illustrated, New York-based, both. It just was kind of a matter of votes over the time. It might be exposure, like the Jazz played no national TV games, had the model that they were that they were uh, tanking all year, and then did lose a lot of games late in the season, and that probably hurt Lowry. But the narrative that I've heard from people over the last few weeks about the Lowry getting snubbed it's not actually accurate. Like it's like, like it was an overall, like, I mean, locked on Grizzlies host to Michael Cole, who's a Memphis guy. So he's West coast. You would think Lowry marketing. Nope. Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown. Right. So like you go through, you should, if you were going to be able to guess this, you should have been able to go through these guys and be able to say like, Oh, give me a play. Give me a name of someone, and then I'm going to be able to guess how they voted if it's an East Coast bias. You, you can't do it. Frank Isola, New York, former New York writer, now radio host. Julius Randle, second team. Seems a bit much. Mikel Bridges, Brooklyn, third team, no Lowry Markin. There might be your one that matched it. All right, just thought I'd get that out. Thought that was interesting. All right, let's do one of our last lotteries here. Tony Jones on the show tomorrow. One day, 11 hours, 20 minutes. By the way, also locked on NBA today. I did it with Howard Beck. So that should be up and available for you shortly. Or if it's not already. Here we go. Is this like, does this one feel more important to anyone? In the sense that like, this is our last simulated lottery that we're doing. Unless we do one tomorrow. Here we go. This is how you will view the lottery, by the way. Okay, this is how you view the lottery. When when they start, they will reveal the 13th, the 14th pick first, and you want it to be New Orleans. In our case, it is New Orleans. The 13th pick is the Toronto Raptors, and you want that. And the 12th pick is the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you want that. And the 11th pick is the Chicago Bulls, but it will go to Orlando, and you want that. And now we get to 10. And by the way, 
our chances of being top four are like way up at this point. Like not way up, like, but from 20.3% to like, there's another, if all those teams are gone, then we have the least chance of those remaining. But there's another, I think, 22%. There's about a 22% chance that one of those four teams up to that point, New Orleans, Toronto, Orlando, Chicago, that one of those teams will show up, maybe 23%, will show up in the lot in the top four. So there's a one in four chance that one of those will show up. Okay? And so you're kind of, we're hoping against that. Then 10 comes, that's our most, one of our most likely scenarios. We hope not to hear the jazz. If we do, it means that Dallas ha- has jumped up if we haven't heard somebody else. If we've heard somebody else, we'll be, um, we could very well be at 10 by that. We would be at 10 in all likelihood by that point. Number nine is obviously the next spot that we hear us. If we don't hear ourselves by nine, we're in the top four. In this mock draft case, we come to nine. The next team you'd likely hear is Washington. In our mock draft, we do not hear Washington that we just did. Indiana instead slides down. Then we would you should hear Orlando. We will not hear Orlando here. We hear Portland, followed by Charlotte, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio. Orlando jumps to two to put Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller with Paulo Boncaro. If they go Scoot Henderson, could we please have Jalen Suggs as our point guard? And then Washington gets the number one pick of the draft with Victor Webanyama, which means they're probably moving on maybe from Kyle Kuzma, maybe not. And so what does that mean for the Utah Jazz? There's also all sorts of ramifications that you're just hearing there with the draft. We'll do another lottery tomorrow. They're too fun. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. This has been Locked on Jazz. Locked on NBA with Howard Beck. I got to host today as well. We'll, so go grab that. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.